a gun-free zone to a killer or somebody that wants to be a killer, that's like going in for the ice cream. That's like, here I am, take me. We have to get smart on gun-free zones. When they see it says, this is a gun-free zone, that means that nobody has a gun except them. Nobody's going to be shooting bullets in the other direction. And they see that as such a beautiful target. They live for gun-free zones. Frankly, you have teachers that are Marines for 20 years, and they retire, they become a teacher. And they're uh, Army, Navy, Air Force, they're Coast Guard, they're people that have won shooting contests. And, you know, they're for, for uh, whatever. This is what they do. They know guns, they understand guns. And I, frankly, have been reading a lot about it, and I think a concealed permit for having teachers and letting people know that there are people in the building with gun. You won't have, in my opinion, you won't have these shootings because these people are cowards. They're not going to walk into a school if 20% of the teachers have guns. It may be 10% or maybe 40%. And what I'd recommend doing is the people that do carry, we give them a bonus. We give them a little bit of a bonus. They're, frankly, they'd feel more comfortable having the gun anyway. But you give them a little bit of a bonus. Your bonus. My bonus. Oh. <laughs> Open it, Clarky. Open it. Yeah, I hope it's a fort, Clarky. <laughs> you do, Eddie? <sighs> it's bigger than you expected? <laughs> A gun-free zone to a killer or somebody that wants to be a killer, that's like going in for the ice cream. Ice cream. Ice cream. What the hell is that? What would you say you do here? It's Stone's Weekly Dose. Very hard to say my name correctly. Like Brian. Yeah, Brian. What's your deal, man? Your midweek download destination. I like his style. It's a sort of casual elegance. I'm slaying lame and I'm exposing frauds. This is pathetic. This is embarrassing. Mic drop. Turn off the podcast. It's Stone's Weekly Dose. Not to self, don't change for And note to self, don't get shot up by a bunch of people with guns in their hands. Don't die. Welcome in to the Stone on Air podcast, a weekly dose for the first of the month. It's the first of the month. A day late and many, many dollars short. I'll get to that here in just a matter of a couple minutes. This is the weekly dose for March 1st, the year 2018. Yeah, and this has been a uh, dumb, dumb week, and um, that's the main reason for the delay. I also have very little show plan here. Um, I'm going to do the typical three segments. There might be some of you that wonder why I do the second segment that I'm going to do, the Stone's Throw segment, but I, I just can't not do it. That'll make more sense here in a few I'll spend the majority of things where I've actually spent some show prep and research on on the tail end of the show, which when I say research, I mean just thought about it for longer 
than uh, five or six or seven minutes. And then on the front end here, I'm going to ramble a little bit. So I usually make out a, uh, a show sheet. This is last week's, as a matter of fact. It says, Stone on Air, show sheet, 2-21-18. And then it says, Open, the supposed for-profit venture known as, which I forgot to say at the beginning, my little, you know, saying, if you want to, that's what you want to call it. And then... Um, Little bullet points to go down, and then some chicken scratch. Know why people did. Blah, 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 blah. I'm not even going to start. So that that's last week's. So I don't need that. I didn't make one of those this week. I have this one story I printed off. It's from CNN.com, and it's called "The Parkland Students Are Our First Glimpse of the Post Millennial Wave That's Going to Change the Country," and that's going to be where I focus. Not necessarily on this story specifically. But this story specifically and a lot of audio and a lot of things we've been seeing demonstrations wise um, on all the news channels and all the Facebooks and Twitter feeds and all that. That's got a lot of people realizing or or at least thinking, contemplating, what is this next generation going to look like? I mean, the millennials are now old, right? I mean, the millennials now are having children. I mean, they're not just kids anymore. They are they are growing into a family age, or at least what we consider the domesticated family age here in the United States of America. That doesn't mean that they all do it. Hell, I'm damn near 38 years old, and I'm just some single dude who continues to live a reckless life. So everybody does what they're going to do, how they're going to do it, and I don't uh, fault anybody for whatever your decisions are. But the majority of the what we'll call traditional normal millennials are now beginning to have kids. But so we have a new generation to be uh, at least not concerned with. It depends on where your angle is, but to at least be uh, become more familiar with. And that's going to be more towards the tail end of the show. But so I've got on the top of this page that I printed off uh, here from CNN.com and I wrote down just a few words and some of these are hopefully going to trigger memory to uh, to kind of go into thoughts and to tangents into uh, conversation, thought starters, if you will, for today's show. Uh, again, apologize for being late, and I'll get to that in a minute as well. So here are all the words that are on the page. Next week, financially doomed, boys, Tivoli, reunion, feed, new day, D.C., the kids are all right. Slept in a hotel parking lot. <laughs> that was the last one. Slept in a hotel parking lot. That will be the subject matter of the Stones throw segment. So, but from all those words, which are, I don't know, what is that? Barely even 15 words. That's going to be the show sheet and the uh, material for the majority of today's podcast, which you can download anywhere you find a podcast. So if you're listening to this on SoundCloud or you're listening to this on a, 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 a maybe, I don't know, Spreaker or uh, TuneIn or something like that and you don't like it as much, anywhere you get shows, anywhere you download anything, this show is available. Just search it out, Stone On Air, all one word. So the main reason that the show is a, a day late and I know in the podcasting world, it doesn't matter, but I do like to be punctual and I like to keep things consistent. And this is the midweek download destination, quote unquote, every Wednesday, first thing. This one is available Thursday, the 1st of March, 2018, is because I now have a new gig over at the feed, uh, feed company, ta- uh, hold on, it's the feed company, Table and Tavern. That's the official name, feed company, Table and Tavern over off Main Street. It is one of the best bars in this city. 
And, you know, I know, roll your eyes. Of course you're saying that. You're working with them now. Yeah, I mean, I, know, I, I get where you're coming from. That's not what the, this deal is. The reason I accepted the gig partially was because of how great of an establishment it is. And uh, they do, they have packed houses almost every night. One of the most popular brunches in the city. And several different theme nights throughout the week, just like most establishments in the city does. And on Tuesday nights, they do trivia night, which is just that live team trivia stuff. Not the stuff where you play it on the game where, you know, you've got the little box and you press the buttons or play with an app. Where, you know, it's kind of primitive, really. That's what kind of makes it fun. You got a dude, he stands in the corner, he plays music, he asks questions, and then you fill them out, and you bring them up, and you score it, and then the winner gets bar cash in the top three place, and that, that kind of thing. Pretty darn popular at this point in the entire country, not just here in Chattanooga. So I was approached by Heather, the general manager, Heather Jennings, uh, the uh, general manager of the feed company, Table and Tavern, and was... I mean, not. I mean, she, she was very emphatic that she wanted me to host this uh, this Tuesday night gig, and I. I mean, I'm gonna just be totally honest with you. I wasn't super excited about it because I'm already pretty darn busy, but the money was a little difficult to turn down. So every Tuesday night, I'll be out there from eight to ten doing live team trivia. If that's your thing, I uh, invite you to come out. And I'm cha- changing the game, and it's kind of my gig. I can do whatever I want with it. I'm doing the game the way the old guy used to do it, who's actually Gary Mack's son. Uh, his name's Kellen. He moved to Austin, Texas. I wish him all the all the luck in the world. He has a, a, a sizable regular crowd that would come out for his trivia, and they mostly came out last week, too. I'm sure I disappointed a little bit because we had some sound uh, issues that were working out, but they have a state-of-the-art PA system that we're uh, going to work on this weekend to try to work out all those kinks. It's no big deal. Day one stuff, you know, nothing ever goes well on day one. But so this is every Tuesday. So that is going to make the podcast not be available to be recorded on Tuesday night like I normally do it. I do it late Tuesday night into Wednesday and spend the first two days of the week kind of putting together material. That's going to change. So that's still up in the air. The thing that will not change, though, I promise you will not change, is that the weekly dose will be available every week for the rest of my damn life. That's a goal of mine, is to keep this podcast rolling, even if it's at a break-even or even at a, uh, a monetary loss. I am going to continue to do the show every week because I like to do it and because I notice that people continue to like to listen to it and um, and and because the support is is pretty solid, and I thank you for that uh, more than you'll ever know. So, yeah, there will always be a weekly show ranging in a 30-minute to one-hour capacity, and, uh, and then we'll just go from there. So that's why the show is officially one day late this week. When will the show be next week? I'm not sure. I'm going to work on that end of the weekend. So that was a new day part. That's the feed part, so I can mark those off my list. Uh, the reunion. There's the word reunion. So this is my 20th year class reunion for OHS, Udawa High School, class of 1998. And wouldn't you know, it's turned into a shit show. <laughs> it is so amazing how adults pushing 40 years old still act like absolute children. And somebody out of nowhere that... I mean, I'm not going to say I was one of the popular kids, but I did. Um, I had a lot of friends. A lot of people hated my guts, too. But a lot of the people who I'm involved with, and I know many of the class officers, student uh, president, 
OHS 98 class president is one of my best friends. She is incredible. And she's so basically in charge of making sure that this goes down and, and is basically it's her gig unless she hands it off to somebody else. And so somebody made a Facebook page for the OHS class of 98 reunion and a bunch of people came in there and thought it was cool at first and invited all, you know, all, everybody they knew into it. And then it was like, wait a second, who are you? And what are you doing? And did you get a hold of anybody? And why are you doing this? And then it just turned into this typical wasteland of internet space, which is known as Facebook. It turned into a disaster of nonsense. And a very good friend of mine, former, uh, more of the, the friend of mine, a friend that's a girl for a long time that I've known for years and years and years, from this class, we were texting back and forth the other day, and she said, it is quite interesting that really, no matter what the reality of the situation is, that whatever your social status was in high school, no matter who you are, what high school you went to, what gender, what race, what socioeconomical uh, background you come from, Whatever social status you had in high school, amongst your peers, that social status sticks. That social status is still perceived as reality. So the preps are still the preps. The nerds are still the nerds. The popular ones are still popular. The stoners are still the stoners. Even if you've all grown out of that and you're not that at all, the perception amongst your peers are you always will be what you were. And that's coming so very, very uh, proven true in these threads of on this OHS quote-unquote reunion page, which turns out it's not really a reunion page at all because the class officers have gotten together and made their own official page. And so then they're asking like, hey, well, why don't we work together? And then it's uh, people just ignoring each other and passive-aggressive kind of approaches online it's just been a damn mess and i I, and some people have been laughing thinking this is funny i'm like i actually find it kind of awkward and not very cool at all actually so then we start a committee which i'm involved in because i know all these people and the the officers and 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 the the main people who put together the tenure reunion so i'm in the committee now on the facebook um, uh, chat thread and somebody comes in there again who's part of our committee and then they start arguing <laughs> one says well thanks for nothing then you son of a bitch and then it just keeps going i'm like what's the matter with you what's the matter with everybody why do we all have to be assholes to each other so i just said you know we're gonna meet this weekend and we'll go from there let's just pick a spot we'll you know collect some money we'll have a party if people we know want to come if people we don't want to come that's fine if they do great if they don't that's fine too uh, so let's see, the Tivoli, one of the things I wanted to get into before I get into Stone's Throw, which will be, a, uh, the, the subject matter is, slept in a hotel parking lot. Again, uh, viewer discretion advised for that segment. But uh, the Tivoli, I went to see Blackberry Smoke this past Friday. Thank you, Ryan Coulter, for hooking me up in the Lincoln Boxes. I have never been in a quote-unquote Lincoln Box and an old theater, you know what I'm talking about, where he got shot by John Wilkes Booth up in the box on the right and left before there was such thing as a luxury box, uh, you know, in the entertainment world. They were just the uh, the boxes to the left and right, right in front of the uh, the old school theaters. I don't know how old the Tivoli is. It's not as old as Civil War times, 
but it's 100 years old, right? I mean, may, maybe not quite 100 yet, but if it's not, it'll be close, maybe 80, whatever. Still designed after that same kind of, um, that kind of concept. And uh, I'm kind of over the Tivoli. I'm a little tired of being shushed. I've been shushed too many times at the Tivoli. It's a gorgeous room and a uh, and a great place to hear a, a good show and a, especially a comedy show. But I don't know. My my memories there aren't great. But when he said he had Lincoln boxes, I was like, let's go. It was Blackberry Smoke. It was Lucas Nelson and the Promise of the Real. I think is the name of his band who's been playing with Neil Young for the last year or so. Lucas Nelson being the son of Willie Nelson. And uh, it was it was quite remarkable. It was so much fun to be in those boxes. They're kind of staggered in three. We had 12 people up there, plenty of room. But I, I don't want to complain, but I will anyway. After all these years of begging and pleading with the city of Chattanooga to bring alcohol to the Tivoli and the Memorial, but more specifically the Tivoli, because it's, it's better than the Memorial. I mean, they both serve a purpose, but you get my point. It's hard for me now to complain that the prices are so damn high for a couple of drinks or a drink in particular after all the years of begging and pleading that we actually get drinks in there. It's not right. I shouldn't do it. I shouldn't complain that it cost me $20 for a double gin and tonic, which was measured out in exact shots from, you know, bottle to shot glass, one bottle to shot glass, Two, and then fill it up with tonic. Now, that's a double by definition. That ain't no damn double. That's a weak-ass drink I make at home, and it's in the neighborhood of 20 bucks. So, again, I shouldn't be complaining about this, and I guess that I won't complain that the true to the exact specifications of a double shot, double drink of gin and tonic is damn near 20 bucks. I'm not complaining that I had to spend $20 per gin and tonic. And since I was having such a great time, I couldn't help myself but to drink many of them. And I am not complaining about that. I am just saying that that happened. Are you buying all this? <laughs> Are you buying all of it? Coming up next week, a couple things I didn't get to on uh, my little word sheet here. Next week, this country is financially doomed. I'm going to dive into that. I got two or three articles and audio I'm going to cut up and do for that next week. And uh, boys in this country, men more specifically, but young men, boys, and 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 older men, we're a messed up breed, man. Give me a week, and I'm going to get into both those subjects in depth, and I think you'll enjoy both of those. But I spent some time in Middle Tennessee this past week, and again, viewer slash listener discretion on this one. But I think it's a story that needs to be told. I slept in a hotel parking lot. And the least interesting part is it's not the first time I've slept in this exact same hotel parking lot. Heads up. It's Stone's Throw. What? What? Oh, whoa. Back up the truck. What are you talking about? Is technology making us mentally ill? Look at me. I'm stupid. I can't do math. This is not making sense to the young adult anymore, and they're tired of it. Does that satisfy you? Are you satisfied now? And do remember, and I apologize, this is a listener-viewer discretion-is-advised segment. 
So this past week, I had to go to Tullahoma to do some training for my day job, which is with Cherokee Distributing Company. It's a Miller Coors distributorship for about two-thirds of the state of Tennessee. It's the same job I've had since I was 22 years old. It's just with a new company, and I have a little bit different role. Incredible company. They pay me a more than fair, livable wage and treat me very, very well. It's a good gig. I'm happy to have it. At the same time, I got the radio gig over at Alt 98.7. Now I'm doing the gig over at The Feed. Things are pretty good. Life is all right. Now, the biggest problem is, is I'm running out of time in the day again. Kind of the same situation I had a couple years ago when I had similar situations. Lots of radio work, lots of uh, regular day work, and lots of side work. That is not the point of this segment. The point of this segment is to tell you about how I went up last week to Tullahoma to their branch there. Obviously, a very small branch of the company that covers rural Tennessee and they uh, service Manchester and uh, Bonnaroo every year. So I was excited to go hang out with the people who are involved hands-on with supplying all the beer and the, uh, and, and the, the manpower for the festival. I just thought that was an interesting angle and I was interested to meet these people and talk to them and spend a couple days there. So, and what I do is clerical, it's it's administrative, it's data entry, it's not important, right? It's a great gig, but it's not an important gig. So I go up to Tullahoma, and I realize that Tullahoma is very close. I didn't realize how close it was to Manchester. I knew it was in the neighborhood, but I didn't know it was that close. It's 10 miles away. And this, you know, the city is the size of, you know, I don't know, a, a block of downtown Chattanooga. That's not true, but the point is it's not big. So I decided to go to the hotel that I always go to and that my boss has said, just go get a room, give us receipts, we'll pay you back, just do whatever you want, just take care of it yourself. I thought, that's great, you know, that's part of why I love this company so much. They let everybody kind of do their own thing. And so I decided, when I realized I was only 10 miles away from the office of Tullahoma, I'd just go stay at the Holiday Inn that services Bonnaroo. Where we go, media members, we check in the same place the bands do. I mean, I'm, uh, you know, I don't stick around there very long. But if I hung out there all day long, you know, back in the day when Allman Brothers were playing, Greg Allman's going to walk in the exact same door and go check in the exact same place. So it, it is an overall check in for media, working, uh, you know, the clean vibes and sanitation. Uh, whoever, if you have something to do with the festival other than I got a ticket and I want in. You go check in at this hotel. It's, a, it's got a convention center that's uh, been added onto it. It was basically built and designed for Bonnaroo. It, it, it's five minutes with bad congestion, one mile from where our actual campsite is. So I'm just going to go where I know. I've been to this hotel 15, 12, uh, 13 times. So I know this, this building and this layout. I'm just going to go stay there. So I get a room. And I go to the uh, first day of the uh, work at Tullahoma, and then I go back. And I go grab something to eat at a local uh, crappy restaurant. And I wake up on Thursday, and I have decided to only stay for one day because I have no interest in staying there for longer. If I was in Nashville or Knoxville or a bigger city, I'd probably just went ahead and stayed for one more night. But, you know, in Manchester and Tullahoma in February, what am I going to do? Screw that. I'm going to go home. I want to, you know, hang out with my cat and go to bed at home. And so I have to check out the next day at 11. I get hit with some of the worst, and I hate when people say this because I always think it's a cop-out for just, man, you just don't take care of yourself, so you blame something. 
but like food poisoning, because that's the only thing that makes sense in this scenario. And, you know, hey, I got food poisoning. Yeah, right. You ate a bunch of crap and you drank some, you know, garbage alcohol. And now you feel bad and you're just calling it food poisoning. Maybe it's true. Maybe I was being a jackass about that. I woke up the next morning at 7 a.m. And, and wanted to die. Die. I will not get into any kind of specifics, but it was awful. And so from 7, 8, 9, and 10 a.m., I was up and down and up and down and up and down at the hotel room and incredible pain and just sick beyond belief. All right. Just thinking, all right, this has got to pass. I mean, this is not like some virus. This is obviously something that I've contracted within the last day. And it probably has something to do with what I ate. I don't know. I'm not sure. So 11 o'clock is getting closer and I have to check out because I'm not staying the next night. I'm going to work at the office at Tullahoma, and then I'm going to leave that night and come straight home. I look out the window. It is pouring rain. You know the rain we've got in the last day and a half? That's been awful here in the middle of the week, the, you know, on the 28th of, of February and the 1st of March, this disgusting, nasty stuff. That's what it was. <laughs> That's what it was that day. And so I called down and said, hey, I might need to, can I get this room again? Like, I need to stay here. I don't have to go to the office until, like, noon. So this isn't an early morning thing. It's an afternoon into the night, into the evening gig that I have. And so I don't have to be at the office till like 1 o'clock. So I still got a lot of time till I have to go to work. I'm thinking I will be able to sleep this off and take some over-the-counter meds and I'll be all right. They don't have any rooms because they have this huge convention coming in for, an, for like this arts and crafts thing. So like we might be able to get you a room later on, but not right now. This is 11 o'clock. I'm like, this doesn't do me any good if you get me a room later. I need a room. I need this room right now. I can't leave. I need rest and facilities. And I'll leave it at that. That's what I need. Rest and indoor plumbing. Nothing else. So I have to leave at 11 o'clock. I am still an absolute wreck. And I'm thinking, what am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to explain this to my bosses? They're paying for me to be up here. I've got to learn how to do this. This is a limited time kind of situation. I have to do it. I can't just go home. I can't call in sick. But I can't show up to an office of people who don't even barely know me and and look like I do right now. And so a light bulb goes off in my head. And I think the convention center is right behind us over here. That's where we always check in at. There's, there's, there's water fountains. There's uh, a big, there's, there's big facilities there, bathroom, restrooms. And if it's open, all you got to do is just walk in like you own the joint. No one's going to say anything. I'll just go park back there and I'll sit around in the car for a few minutes until, until things get better. Cause surely any minute they're about to get better. So it's still pouring rain. I go park over there and I walk into the convention center and it is this arts and crafts show there's not a, a mainly women are there. There probably was a couple men, but mostly women, none of them under the age of 60, like gluing stuff like it is an arts and crafts fair. And so I'm parked in the front row of the convention center, sitting in my car in this awful pain. And it's one of those, you know, just drinking water triggers you it's not like if you have a coke or a sprite or a gatorade and then all of a sudden now that triggers your uh you know your illness and it makes it really bad water freaking water that's supposed to be able to be the best thing for your body period was my body was like nope 
Don't want any water, bro. And so again, use your imagination. This was awful. So I was going in and out of the convention center in a rest area facility that doesn't have doors, you know, that doors that shut close. It's the kind of you walk in and then there's another wall and then you go left and then you go right. And then now you're in. So it's like, it looks like it's closed off, but it's not really. You see where my point is here? It was absolutely awful. (laughs) It was so horrible. I called my bosses back in Chattanooga and I just said, please relay the message. I can't make it there till later on. It was the sickest I've been in the most, in the most awful conditions that I could have been in those situations that I could possibly remembered. And I knew it would pass because it wasn't, again, it wasn't a virus. It was just something that just triggered wrong. And people all around were just like, the hell is going on with this guy? But because I knew the area well and I didn't have to ask for any directions and I was walking around like I kind of owned the joint, nobody ever said anything. But I know there was a lot of like, what is going on? Why is the only person under the age of 30 walking in and out of here? And why is that? Again, use your imagination. It was awful. And the point of that, that's not the first time I've slept in that parking lot because I went and laid in the car and slept for about two hours in the back seat of my car until about three o'clock in the afternoon. That almost every Bonnaroo for the last three or four years, when I go up to go for the early night before it opens, the first night, because I can't get in the festival grounds of my car, I sleep in that exact same parking lot the night before Bonnaroo starts. So that wasn't the first time I've slept in that exact parking lot. It just was under very, very different circumstances. And was that a story I needed to tell? Eh, probably not. But I don't know what the hell else to do with my life right now. And I really just, it was one of those, I can't explain this. It's like you have to experience it. You have to see it. And as bad as it was, and as awful of a situation it could have been, Basically, out of pure luck, it all worked out all right. But, man, it sucked. It totally sucked. Coming up next, the kids are all right. You're asking me, the kids are all right. This is the first of the month from Bone Thugs and Harmony. As it is March 1st, 2018, the weekly dose one day late. Isn't Bone Thugs and Harmony coming to the... But, uh, AT&T Field to the Lookout Stadium. I think it's Bone Thugs and maybe Ludacris and somebody else. I'm not sure. That's not really my uh, speed. I'm not uh, the information source on that, but I think that's true. Look it up. This is the most listened to and downloaded podcast in the city. Is the Weekly Dose for March 1st, 2018. And the kids are all right. I'll tell you about that next on the Stone on Air podcast. Back to more Stone on Air. That's exactly what I wanted to hear. Stoneonair.com. Since the time of the Founding Fathers and since they added the Second Amendment to the Constitution, our guns have developed at a rate that leaves me dizzy. The guns have changed and the laws have not. We certainly do not understand why it should be harder to make plans with friends on weekends than it is to buy an automatic or semi-automatic weapon. In Florida, 
to buy a gun, you do not need a permit, you do not need a gun license, and once you buy it, you do not need to register it. You do not need a permit to carry a concealed rifle or shotgun. You can buy as many guns as you want at one time. Instead of worrying about our AP Gov Chapter 16 test, we have to be studying our notes to make sure that our arguments based on politics and political history are watertight. The people involved right now, those who were there, those posting, those tweeting, those doing interviews and talking to people, are being listened to for what feels like the very first time about this topic that has come up over 1,000 times in the past four years alone. When we have had our say with the government, and maybe the adults have gotten used to saying, it is what it is, but if us students have learned anything, it's that if you don't study, you will fail. And in this case, if you actively do nothing, people continually end up dead. There has been one tweet that I would like to call attention to. So many signs that the Florida shooter was mentally disturbed, even expelled for bad and erratic behavior. Neighbors and classmates knew he was a big problem, must always report such instances to authorities again and again. We did, time and time again. Since he was in middle school, it was no surprise to anyone who knew him to hear that he was the shooter. You didn't know this kid! Okay, we did! That's uh, Emma Gonzalez. You'll recognize her as the, eh, for lack of a better way of putting it, the Sinead O'Connor look. As soon as I said that, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Incredibly brave uh, young woman and uh, very articulate. And there's been a lot of There's been a lot of static on social media. Can you believe the kids are talking like this to our elected officials? Can you believe the kids are talking like this on TV and in a, a microphone? I actually am having a harder time believing it because it should have happened long ago. It's the youth movement of this country that has always made radical change. Old assholes like you and me and people older than us aren't changing the world. We're living in just our same old doldrums of life. It's the youth that makes change and makes things happen. It always has been. It always will be. And a lot of kids these days in the post-millennial generations are becoming more and more diverse racially and more and more acceptable of different ideas, culturally, religion-based, and lots of different things that most of us are just used to. Oh, we don't want to let grandma, you know, we don't want to let grandma down. Yeah, no one really cares about grandma anymore. Because grandma ain't all that old in, anymore either. And it's a trickle-down effect, and it keeps happening generation after generation. And that's okay. Again, it's the movement of the youth that changes the way our world works. And us old people got to get used to it. Right. 
So from this CNN piece that I pulled off uh, online over the last week or so, it says the Parkland students are our first glimpse of the post-millennial wave that's going to change the country. And this is very, very long piece, and it's a very interesting piece. I suggest everybody at least take a glance at it. I'm going to give you two paragraphs of it and then just some thoughts, and then I'll get out of your way as the day late, March 1st, 2018 Weekly Dose of the Stone on Air podcast continues. Americans are just growing accustomed to the impact of the massive millennial generation as consumers, workers, and voters. But now the crusade for gun control led by survivors of the Parkland, Florida school shooting is heralding the arrival of the younger generation rising behind them. And in their racial diversity, attitudes towards religion and culture, their digital fluency, And their political priorities, this emerging generation, usually called the post-millennials, sometimes labeled Generation Z, might shake American life even more profoundly than the millennials did. I say they better because the millennials didn't shake them as much as they thought they did. That's me. One more paragraph, then I'll be done with this. For Republicans who were nervously watched polls showing an enormous backlash against President Don Trump's insular nationalism among the millennials, this younger generation could represent an even greater threat. By 2024, just two presidential elections from now, the generation of young people that includes the students organizing a march on Washington next month to demand gun control will represent one in every 10 eligible voters now does that mean they're all going to vote of course it doesn't we all know that people don't vote in this damn country and that's one of the bigger problems that we have but i have been screaming for as long as i can and it was more towards the millennial generation as i am a young gen xer young people rule youth moves forward and dictates and at times manipulates how the next era is going to unfold. You don't have to like it. We don't necessarily have to like it. All of us collectively don't have to love the idea. The bottom line is it's true, and you can't stop it. And I tried to find some um, this audio from this guest that, uh, that Brian Williams had on the 11th hour the other day, and I put it in my show notes in my memo on my phone. Here, I'm going to pull up her name real quick. Connie Schultz is her name, and I put it, I, mean, I time-stamped it, 37 minutes in, adults that have not aged well, Connie, Connie Schultz, peace. Well, their damn RSS feed, which is how you listen to podcasts, didn't post right, and the audio was a dead uh, a dead link, and I couldn't pull it up, so I, I wasn't able to play it, uh, her, her exact thoughts. So this is a paraphrase, and this is um, not me trying to regurgitate her thoughts as my original thoughts, because it's not, but I thought it was brilliant. It said, we are in an era, or I guess we've been in many eras of adults who have not aged well. And not in the sense that you haven't aged well as in your health isn't good or your diabetes is starting to kick in or you know your back problems are getting worse or your irritable bowel syndrome has you sleeping in the parking lot of a hotel. Not like that. It's this era of adults, Gen Xers, baby boomers, and the like that have the disdain and the overall resentment of the younger generations just because they are vibrant, full of life, and could do things differently than we're used to. And to live your life that way and to try to to 
think you're going to teach your children to do exactly as you do and to somehow manipulate the next generation into being like you is foolish. It's wrong, and it's just plain dumb. And it is so remarkable to me to look back and watch people my ages in their mid-30s, early 30s, late 30s, and even into their 40s that can't reflect and go backwards and think about what it was like to be a child, what it was like to be a teenager, what it was like to be a 20-something, what it was like to be somebody who was a dreamer, somebody who thought outside of the box, even if it was foolish and even if it was unrealistic. It was still a different mindset than where you get when you get complacent in your life and you then you become resentful towards people who are following their dreams while you're sitting around having a pity party for yourself because your life didn't turn out the way you wanted it. Because you're now upset that you weren't able to follow those dreams that you wanted to follow, even if they're not in the same you know the ballpark ideologically or whatever. That's not the point. The point being is, even if someone is wrong or ill-sighted or going to make a a foolish mistake in their their quest and their journey, the younger generations are always going to be the ones that can still continue to do that until that vicious cycle just turns into when they're an old asshole too. It is so hard for me to, to contemplate how people my age and older cannot reflect back on that and at least say, you know what, I don't think I agree with this. But at least I understand. It was a James McMurtry song. It's called Just Us Kids. It's a song about growing up. It starts off as a, as, as a kid, an adolescent, and then a divorcee, and then a retiree. Are the three or four different verses. And one of the first verses in the song, God, it's such a great song. God, please go listen to the song. James McMurtry, Just Us Kids. And one of the lyrics of the song is, oh, and I'm paraphrasing, oh, knock it off, Johnny. Uh, you're living in your head. You ain't even got a car and those chicks don't believe a word you said. But you're doing all the talking, so I'll just keep quiet. This will probably go nowhere, but I can't blame you for trying. That's the early young portion of the song. Then later on, it's a reflection back on that. And it's so, God, such a great song. But it's so ridiculous to me that people can't stop for a second and realize things are going to change. Things are different. We're, we're culturally we're different religiously we're different gender specific and how we you know how we handle that is different it's all different you don't have to like it but that's the way it's going and right now we're in this weird stretch where the you know we've had an awful you know hillary clinton run with a, this weird don trump thing and all that kids don't want to see nonsense anymore they don't like to be told things that don't make sense And yeah, they're not mature enough and their minds will evolve and grow and they'll get older and then their stances will change on things and they'll flip-flop and they'll be wishy-washy. Yeah, because that's what kids do. That's what kids do. But they have more power than the old assholes like us just sitting around wanting everything just to stay the way that they are. Things are never going to ever stay the way that they are. Likes things better the way they were guy never succeeds never progresses, never gets anywhere in life. I've mentioned this many times in the past. Don't use the line. Don't start a conversation or a thought starter or anything along the lines of, well, kids these days. It just sounds dumb. Of course, kids these days. Kids in whatever days they are are always going to be doing things differently than you are. You know, don't, ha- don't have disdain 
for the younger generations. You know, evaluate it and make an opinion and think about it for sure. But just because you can't make a difference, just because I am past a point where I can do anything that radically changes anything, doesn't mean we should shout down and marginalize a whole new group coming up. Y'all know I hate guns. I hate them, hate them, hate them, hate them. This isn't even about that as much. But youth movements are how this country has evolved so rapidly and so radically. Without youth movements, we would be sitting around churning butter. We'd be sitting around riding on horsebacks. You know, we'd be we'd we we would be t- writing, typing on a typewriter. If we didn't let the youth radically change our next era, from era to era to era, if we just sat around doing things the way we were always used to them, we'd be churning butter and working on the farm. And if that's the America and the you know the reality you want to live in, uh, good for you. But that's not where I want to be. And that's all I got. I'm going to call it a day and a week, and I think the the podcast will be available next week on a Tuesday. I'm not sure. It might be Wednesday. It might be Thursday. I am in a little bit of a transitional period. The Washington, D.C. trip and the first tour stop of the year is still underway. Still looking for guests. I'm trying to narrow down as I will record that show live at Chatter Restaurant in Washington, D.C. They have a recording studio uh, that's attached to the restaurant where... Tony Kornheiser records his show each and every day. He owns that restaurant with Maury Povich. If you remember him from the old TV, uh, daytime TV show, like, hey, who's my father DNA test kind of thing. So, you know, is it a big deal? Uh, Not really, but is it pretty darn cool? To me, I think that it is. On the way out, this is Eddie Vedder's version of The Kids Are All Right. The Who originally did it, we heard on the front end of the show, and The Kids Are All Right. And the youth of America, and the youth, the, gener- the younger generations are always going to change and shape and form the way our next era and our future goes. And you need to realize that and not get mad about it and figure out a way to help embrace it. And that's all I got for now. Do not be a fraud. The truth is easy to remember. Hashtag white lives matter. Hashtag black lives matter. Hashtag all lives matter. We'll do it again next week. See you on the radio and at the feed every Tuesday for live team trivia. Appreciate you guys more than you know. And See you. Bye.